and welcome back to Masks and Misfits. I hope you weren't too poor, too badly emotionally traumatized. I am Jazz. I also hope we didn't do a poor job. I hope we did a real good job. I am Jazz, joined by Abby. Hemocrit. Ashley. Sure shot. And a newcomer, Eli, with... Whisper. So, we start this session with the news story of Champion's death cut over top as we transition to a funeral, which is on a weirdly bright, sunny day. And there is Sure Shot as Ellie Travis. And, uh, wrong or no, name. Wrong name. Sure Shot <laughs> as Tatsuya. I was looking at Abby and said the wrong name. <laughs> so there's um, Sure Shot as Tatiana and Hemocrit as Ellie Travis at the funeral. Uh, under the pretense of he was my favorite hero. And then you also get, you know, the the whole uh, <clears throat> VIP tickets that nobody questions because reasons. And while you're at the funeral and they're giving the eulogy, there is a, a tap at your shoulder, Tatiana. And you see uh, Carlo, the assassin. And he just says, uh, hey, my name is uh, Luca. I, have we met before? Yeah. And he just kind of gives you a look like, wow, you're bad at this. <laughs> um, I know I had uh, requested a special favor from you, but I don't think I'm going to do that to you, given current events. I just would seem kind of mean, actually. I'm not really a mean guy. Not really. Um, you know, if you, if you want, I, I know a place we could go. Maybe blow off some steam. That sounds really good. You know, you can bring your other friend, because he doesn't know who Hemocrit is. Like, okay. out of costume. Oh, so true. Yeah. He, he only knows who you are. And you know, you could bring your other friend, and, um, we could hang out, talk about, you know, things. Okay. Try and take your mind off of it. I'll grab her. And, and the day passes, and they're running a, a special... Uh, I mean, heroes die all the time in, in Halcyon City, and as do villains. It's just the nature of the thing. But the legacy of, you know, Victor and Champion, and uh, I keep wanting to call Mommy Man, but that's a different person. The, the grandfather character. Oh, mm-hmm. Ultiman. Ultiman. That legacy has been around since superheroes have been known to the people. I mean, superheroes have been around for longer, but that's when they were recognized. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a, a big national event, as it were. So they're, they're running that for the rest of the day. And you all... Oh, what is Hemocrit doing while this is going on? The funeral? Yeah. I mean... Oh, and throughout the day, because like... The funeral doesn't take the whole day. She's gonna go home and just do household stuff she's been neglecting. Okay. It's gonna be very weird because her her family's like, honey, you okay? You don't have to do that. She's like, I wanna do this. She's just kind of running on autopilot because she does not want to think right now. And Because um, if she thinks, she's going to cry. Yeah. Do you text um, Ellie or do you talk to her? Um... I text her, because I imagine she probably doesn't want to talk, and I just say, hey, um, do you want to blow off some steam? 
Ellie just texts her back. That sounds like a good idea. Okay. And she, uh, Ellie goes up to her dad. Her mom's actually home for once. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, um, one of my friends wants to hang out. Can I go? Uh, I'm, I'll be back before, before it gets too dark. And he'll just kind of look at you and then seeing what state you're in. And like, he says, wow, that, um, you really looked up to him, didn't you? Yeah. And he just kind of nods. and Yeah, you can go. Just be back before it gets too dark. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, another thing, uh, she would have told her family that, uh, that, you know, her friend Grant died. Too. Yeah, so it's like a two, in like, for, for them, it's like a double whammy. He yeah, died I mean, you in can the literally just, of I, the I, shit that happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost definite that there were fatalities in that fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way there wasn't. So. Yeah. We did what we could, but there's no way we prevented all fatalities. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you literally just say, oh, well, my friend Grant happened to be one of the people. And you go to a bar. Uh, and the the bar is just called uh oh uh the the crow hook is what it's called and it's got a picture of a crow with like a fishing hook in its mouth that is amazing i love it and you wander in and it it is a unlike the previous bar you were the nazi bar you were in this is a which was a a, a nice bar made to look CD. This is a CD bar made to look nice. It's a CD so... bar where the people in charge of it don't actually know what a nice bar looks like. Exactly. So they think it is a nice bar. Yeah, but it, it does have a really... There's one good table in the entire establishment that's made of this nice dark mahogany that's been properly stained. Mahogany. And you uh, you go in with, with Carlo and as you walk in, there's a couple people milling around here and there. And he says, yeah, so, um, get whatever you want. Nobody really cares if you're underage or not here. Um, this is sort of where I like to hang out and plan my, uh, gigs every now and again. Your heists? Uh, I <laughs> don't really do heists so much. I mean, mostly I work with Rook now, but every once in a while I get, uh, you know, a side job or two. <laughs> <laughs> you do know I kill people for a living, right? I mean, sure. I, I kind of figured. Well, <laughs> the assassin. Yeah, it's 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 in the name. I know. Okay. <laughs> and he just rolls his eyes. <laughs> like, Depressed teenager sass. The worst kind of sass. Yeah. It's like, look, I may be... It's like his whole deal is like, it's a living... <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. I may be a murderer, but I know what it's like to lose friends. Exactly. <laughs> Even if I'm the reason that some of them are gone sometimes. That's what makes it sadder. Yeah, exactly. I imagine Carlo does go to some of his victims' funerals just because, like, man, I really like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do also imagine that for Carlo, it is so much just about business. Oh, yeah, it is. That he will be like, no, this was a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Sucks that he sucks that sucks I that I had to, to be paid to kill him. <laughs> yeah, it and sucks that, that I'm so good. I'm still going to take the money, but it sucks. Yeah, I don't. I I imagine too. There's well, we'll get to that point at some point. So, especially with some new dynamics we got going on. Mm-hmm. So, and you do see there at the mahogany table is what you were led to. 
is someone who you you don't recognize. They look to be younger, probably in their late teens, maybe early twenties. Um, they do look like they've been through a lot. Do you want to describe your new character, Eli? Yes, this young man uh, is uh, has tan skin, like he spends a lot of time outside. He is wearing incredibly nice clothes, uh, perfectly tailored to his body. His uh, shock white hair is just sort of like finger combed back. His right arm and right eye are clearly prosthetic. And on his left hand, he's holding a phone. He's just sort of scrolling through it. uh, And he has painted his fingernails purple. And he does have, like, so, like, Grant had the stubble of, I'm meticulously manicuring this stubble, whereas this guy has, like, legitimate five o'clock shadow. Uh, Yeah. Like, you know, he just didn't shave this morning, uh, five o'clock shadow. Mm -hmm. And uh, as as they approach Carlo, he's like, well, duos aren't really very marketable. You know, trios are better. So, and I figured you you needed someone else to help you should, you know. The worst happened, so um, I went digging through some contacts, and I found someone who is more um, of your more heroic persuasion. But I thought we were blowing off steam, and you're trying to give us a new sidekick. Uh, no offense, you I don't do think both. Uh, I don't think this guy's a sidekick, like, bro. Why <laughs> we, he's like, you guys. Why are we? Why are you trying to so give us a new friend? This, this isn't like, like we lost at a the pet. Table now. Oh yeah, yeah. I I look up, Carlo. I thought we were just gonna have a drink. Look, you were lonely. You, th- I thought maybe you could do with a team. I knew a team that needed a new teammate. We're both friends. Yeah, well, I don't particularly think that Sure Shot and Hemocrit are really ready for more teammates. Okay, and he just <laughs> shrugs. <laughs> he walks off. Uh, and yeah, he leaves he, us all at the table. So bad at this. He just, he walks away with the beer. <laughs> He's like, hey, bye. Um, you two are welcome to sit down. You you notice um, he does have some burn scarring on the right side of his face, but mostly what he has are real nasty across the face scars. Uh, and you can see that there's one real big one straight, uh, like diagonally from right jaw to uh, left clavicle Jesus uh, across his throat and and Carlo right now he's he's wandering off to try and find like oh fuck let me find new teammates for this guy <laughs> that's what he's doing right now I, I do call out Carlo I didn't ask for teammates and he just look turns around and says look you don't ask for a lot of things but um you know you still need them yeah <laughs> Look, you didn't ask for the beer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I kind of turn to this uh, guy and go, is, is he always like this? Yeah, yes. I, I know Carlo from way back. Way back? How old are you? I'm 19. Okay. Yeah, and Carlo's I, like early 20s, so. I I did some villain stuff for a while. It's not really my bag anymore. Makes sense to me. Everyone's yeah. gotta. Sometimes you just gotta turn turn a new leaf, per se. My limit of getting blown up by allies was once, as I hold up my right hand and the finger. You got blown up. Yeah. Well, 
Well, damn, man. It's one hell of a oily villainy. Well, yeah, it's not the ideal way, probably. My name's Tony, by the way. Tony O'Brien. It's nice mm. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, Ellie. Ellie. It, but, why? Listen, knowing, knowing who new, new heroes are is always valuable information. And in this instance, it's more about just, I like to know who all the players are. Makes sense. Also, you need to get faster about your grappling hook. Excuse me, what are you talking about? Who do you think it was that kept you from falling into a subway? Oh, that was you? Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Uh, I think you also see he does have a uh, a cane leaning up against the table. Is it decorated? No. Oh. It's a pretty... Compared to everything else about him, it's very plain. I'm just letting you know, Ellie's going to or uh, Tatiana some, at some point is going to put things on it. There's just going to be a big old happy sticker on it. Yeah. There's going to be all kinds of stuff on it uh, down the line. I think Tony buys you guys, because uh, he's drinking a cider. I think he buys you guys one. Yeah, because uh, I imagine Carlo just got his beer and yeah. Hemocrit just keeps sniffing. He's like, this. Carlo loves this imported bullshit. <laughs> all beer tastes so nasty and Tatiana's I feel like keep in mind she's only had two yeah I feel like that's because we keep just buying cheap beer but like it's all gross so far you'll you'll hear Carlo cry out hey I wasn't exactly going to give you a margarita okay those are pretty good though anyway (laughs) they're gross wait okay never mind I (laughs) don't think they're I don't (laughs) think Tatiana and Ellie are girls that you know appreciate Alcohol. alcohol like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, to champion. To champion. To champion. Cheers. You drink in the bar with your new teammates, and everything so, is. After a while of like you know not talking and being kind of awkward, she's just gonna go. You said you dabbled at information brokerage. Yeah. If you know who I am, you probably know who my family is. How do I hide that? Like, I know these things do not ever go away. How do I hide it best I can? Um, I mean, some of it you're not going to be able to do anything about. Uh, CCTV, most people aren't actually watching uh, the various cameras that are all over the city. So you don't have to worry too much there. If somebody really think, if somebody already thinks that you're Hemocrit and can get access to that stuff, they'll be able to figure that out. Uh, but also, I would suggest not leaving your window in your costume. I'm trying, man. <laughs> uh, well, I'm. Thank you for the advice, and she's just going to be highly embarrassed about that. But just like, no, this is like value information and keeping her family safe. She's going to take it. Yeah, yeah. I feel she like she will take the L. I feel like y'all are learning how much Carlo has decided to be willfully ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Eli. I'm going to interrupt the action here for an ad break. Uh, One of our sponsors today is Metallic Dice Games. Uh, MetallicDiceGames.com is where you'll go to get metal dice, gemstone dice, resin dice. They have some wood dice. Uh, They also have dice towers, dice bags, dice trays. Everything is great quality. I love them to death. I have a couple of their stone dice sets, including Amethyst. And if all that stuff sounds good to you, 
then head over to metallicdicegames.com and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD for 10% off your entire order. All right, back to the action. Yeah, how much Carlo, like, oh, Carlo doesn't know who Humacrit is because he chooses not to. Yes. He doesn't yeah. care to find out. Yeah, it's it doesn't like, matter to him. I, yeah, he, you don't matter to me. So I, like, I don't okay. think it's even like you don't matter. It's a your identity doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. If, I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's if I know your identity, then I have to use it against you at some point. Yeah, if I, I don't will know, have to do that and I don't want to do yes. that. You're a kid. I don't kill kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless that kid's a dick. Unless that kid's a dick. <laughs> no, then he just traumatizes them. Yeah. But yeah, so as as you uh, have these conversations, you notice that the weather outside's getting stormy. Oh shoot! I need Mostly to get windy. But is the fire delightful? The fire, the fake fire going on in the bar is very delightful. So Literally just delightful. A, like a TV screen. Yeah. With a, yeah. It's a TV screen <laughs> with a heater next to it. Yeah. Oh my god. Stormbringer, is he upset? I'm just going to text Stormbringer <laughs> and be like, hey man, you doing all right? And, and he's just going to he's gonna reply back. He's not a texter. So he's going to reply back in like 10 minutes with perfect pronunciation and like punctuation and spelling as best as he can. And it's going to say, I'm taking the loss of champion a bit hard, but no, I'm not making the weather do anything weird. Okay. It's um, like, why? It's like, it's like, of course I'm not fine. Why are you asking? And you're like, oh, the weather outside this bar is getting a little yeah. crazy. So I'm just like, well, the weather's going a little crazy outside, so I'm going to get to the bottom of that. And it's like, yeah, that's not me. Okay. He so, kind of looks outside and goes, I should probably get home so early. And you... I don't think that this is normal. You're right. And... Because, like, on all the weather apps, it shows that there's nothing going on. Nothing. Because that's Mm -hmm. one of the first things that Tatiana does. Is like, oh, I didn't know there was supposed to be a storm. Looks at all of the apps and there is no storm. Yeah, no chance of rain. Sunny Sunny skies. skies. And, um... As you continue to look out, the the weather calms, and you see a brief, a very brief flash of lightning. Um, But it's not like a a lightning bolt. It's more like electricity in the alleyway type of thing. And emerging from it, just covered in, I would say, dust... A lot of dust, and actually coughing a little bit from it, is a a figure cloaked in a a large sort of trench coat with a. That's not the right guy. That's the friend Carlo. Carlo. Car- Carlo, the assassin, shoots arrows of love and death. <laughs> <laughs> and robots. <laughs> and robots. <laughs> Hopefully that show will still be relevant by the time this episode comes out. I mean, out. I think so. They, they they seem insistent on not abandoning it, which is good. That mm-hmm. show has really like three seasons. It. You do see that he has, which is good for Netflix, you do see that he has a uh, a wrist uh, computer, like a bracer, and it's got some buttons on it. Uh, otherwise, he's just wearing some uh, gray jeans and some good hiking boots. He's got a satchel across his shoulder, 
and has some form of amulet that he's hanging around his neck. And he just looks around, sees the bar, walks in, and then he asks, Where am I? Halcyon City. Okay. Which Halcyon City? Cannot possibly answer that question. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I just get, give him, I give him the state and uh, the year if he needs that, just in case. And and he'll frown at the year, and he will ask, "Do you know of any um other Elijahs, any other intrepids?" What? Yeah, I've got no idea what that is. Elijah what? or intrepid? No. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, have any of you seen this before? And he will show you the amulet. No. No. Right. No. Well, do, yeah. you, do magic or something? Is that uh, magic? Not really. Science, absolutely. Oh, cool. I lean over to Shearshot and I go. Something you're going to find is that there's not usually a lot of science and magic mixed together, so if he's got, like, a weird wrist computer, it's probably all tech bullshit. I thought he was getting ready to do a magic trick or something. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looks at all of you and says, well, this is what I get for uh, walking to the nearest random bar for information. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, look. The name's Elijah Intrepid. I need to get back home somehow, one way or another. And, um, well, seem to be trapped in an endless loop of Halcyon cities. Oh, this is a dimension thing or a time travel thing? This is a dimension thing. Okay. How are you traveling between dimensions? That's kind of rad. And he gestures to the amulet. Oh. Only problem is, um, it only works, like, once every couple of decades. How old are you? Well, this amulet only works once every couple of decades. Oh. If I had another one, Uh-oh. it would presumably work, assuming it hasn't been used yet. Okay. We don't have an amulet like that, so... And he'll just shrug and go, fine, if I have to... Scour every single damned house in the city. And he starts to wander off. Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing B&Es. And he stops in his tracks. And who exactly are you to stop me? You don't know who I am. You're right. I don't know who you are. I'm gonna shoot a bowl there at him. I don't think you have your gear. I don't have my gear? Okay, never mind. Yeah, I assumed right. we were in regular clothes. Yeah, I assumed yeah, we you were came in regular you. clothes. Mm-hmm. We did come in regular clothes. I'm mad. Now, 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 there are things on the table you could throw at him. Yeah, but it's not gonna, like, actually, like, stop him, stop him. If you clock him in the head hard enough with a beer bottle, I guarantee you'll hurt him. Please slow him down. That's true. I'll do that. Alright, yeah, you throw the beer bottle at him, and he presses a button on the on the wrist bracelet and brings it up, and you see a, an energy shield pops out, and the beer bottle shatters against the energy shield. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Now, if you can be a little helpful, maybe I can pay you a little something. Who that you know of, this one seems knowledgeable, and he points to Whisper, to Tony, and says, uh, 
Do any of you know who would be housing the most advanced tech in the city? Work Industries? Shut up. Ah, thank you. And he begins heading off. Wait, hold on. What kind of tech? What level advanced are you looking for? Alien tech? Domestic tech? And he'll... He'll stop, and he'll he'll think for a bit, and he'll say, hmm. Not necessarily alien in origin, but uh, anything that can help traverse dimensions would be useful. Yeah, I mean, I can probably find something like that, but here's another good question. You mentioned that there are other uh, Elijah Intrepids. What happened to them? And he just says, well, let's just say they got lost. I take that to mean they weren't lost. Alright, well, I don't know about you two, but I'm gonna kick this guy's ass and take his tech and his amulet away from him. That sounds good. Sounds like a plan. We're down. Alright! Well, and Tony takes the cane and stands up and is clearly leaning on the cane. I get the feeling this guy's a lot more. I'm getting the feeling Tony's a lot. Hemocrit, like, as a person, Tony's gets the gonna that, kick this guy's ass. That, uh, whispers a lot more, like, uh, Tony's a lot more dangerous than he lets on. So she's like, I'm not sure how much the cane is an act, but I'm not gonna risk it. I don't think it's an act, but I do think it's, it's oh, shit's about to go down. To... Alright, well, I'm gonna directly engage a threat. Alright. So, yeah, Tony does limp up because it's more comfortable for him to do that and then positions his cane like a tonfa uh which for anybody who doesn't know are, are uh martial arts weapons with a handle that you hold on to and then it uh sit it rests up against your arm it's a staff that has a handle to the side yeah. that you can well use. it's usually only about like a foot and a half yeah they're usually long, shorter but, yeah uh, he positions it kind of like that and takes a position. And that is a 14. Nice. Jesus. Uh, nice. So I think that, because obviously I'm going to take something from him and resist his <laughs> blows. But I do think that there's a lot of, like, spinning the cane and banging up against his shield. Only to, like, take a swing with his uh, left arm mm-hmm. and then stop. Because the guy realizes that uh, Tony has hooked the uh, cane on the amulet mm-hmm. and just pulls it off of his neck, spins the cane, and hits him in the forehead with the end. <laughs> and like and, puts him on his ass. Yeah. And, and through this whole process, Elijah goes to pull out uh, something else from the satchel, and then he ends up getting his hand yanked out by the force of all this nonsense. And he, he falls over. And then he says, Ah. <sighs> Fine. It was useless anyway. And then he blinks out of existence for like two, three seconds, and then he shudders back in where you can see like three or four different versions of him at once, like stuttering before he finally materializes. And then he looks down and says, Oh, that's that's right. Halcyon City stupid rules. Uh I wanna Can I assess the situation to try to figure out which one's the actual him? Well, no, so 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 what happened is he stuttered in place before he materialized into one person. So oh. it was like he, he phased out of reality, and then when he was phasing back in, he encountered interference. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
In that case, can I? I want to. I want to try to like hit him. Yeah, it was more like a shimmer than anything. Yeah, but <laughs> that's you roll? that's a four. Oh goodness! Oh no! I try, but I here's the thing. I think she's still kind there's of fucked up from the funeral emotionally, so she's not you, on her right game. You go to do the nerve shock, and he throws a ball out of his satchel, and it explodes in a cloud of of bright, uh, blinding smoke, and you end up missing him in the smoke. I get my leg caught on a table in a chair and just fall. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, she's never been into a like a fight where like. She didn't have the upper hand because superpower bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and and he'll he'll just say, "Look, I don't know why you're doing any of this. I just want to get home. Please fuck off." And he, he starts crawling towards the door. Can't kill people. I didn't say I was going to kill anybody. It was implied. I was going to break into the houses and see if they had the amulet. But then you told me that Rook exists, uh, so that changes my uh, parameters a little bit. No, I'm I mean, just I, looking I just around. I just let him run because I have his amulet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters. I'm just like, how you? How do you know amulet. Rook won't won't take your stuff? Because I have. Look, I've been doing this for a very long time. I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking how, out. How do you? Just, like, dude, you don't know what they have here. Hey, hemocrit, word to the wise: you don't always need the last word. As he as he as he starts walking out the door, like. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what they have here. Maybe they'll have something interesting. Well, that was interesting. And um, if Hemocrit gets to thinking, if you go through the notes that you found, you, from when you were at Rook previously, this is more to refresh the player than the character, you would recall that there was someone involved at the higher echelons of Rook with a similar but different name. I forget the exact details, but I believe it's in our notes somewhere. Elijah, it did happen. It Elijah Rook? Yeah, I think so. The description's similar from when you looked him up. Mm-hmm. Different outfit, but same facial structure. Same hair, same eyes. I think he's going to get fucked up. Well, the but fun like... thing is, Elijah uh, uh, Rook is currently in jail for Rook's many, many skeletons in the closet you found. There are many crimes. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. There are many war crimes. No, they weren't war crimes. They were civilian crimes. Although they have committed war crimes, you haven't found that out yet. <laughs> Definitely, humans are. There human are many. Oh, absolutely. There are many, many crimes. Yes. Yeah, he he walks out. Yeah, that's probably something I should keep an eye on. He looks a lot like Elijah Rook. Huh. All right. Well, um, and I think maybe another. I can't remember Elijah. exactly, but I think someone in the upper, and you know, the upper group of Rook was experimenting or dealing with something like what he described. Well, all right. Listen, how long is it going to take you two to suit up? Not long. Not long. All right. Uh, meet me on the corner of, uh, uh, 4th and Davidson in about 25 minutes. Okay. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm gonna go get changed. Alrighty. 
Uh, and Whisper's actual costume is uh, kind of this mix between like English leather armor mm-hmm. and like a ninja kind of thing. Like it's incredibly sleek, but it's clearly padded leather. That's pretty rad. His knee pads and his boots have metal plating on them. He has a sword on his back, and uh, his gloves have, uh, his gauntlets have, uh, like, scale mail on the arms, and he wears uh, black goggles with purple lenses. I should mention that his outfit is mostly black, but with purple accents. Mm -hmm. And he has a uh, black metal black with purple accents uh, like face mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I did forget to mention before, he does have um, a bunch of piercings in his ears. Um, and his shock white hair is still visible. Okay. So as you go to suit up, you do hear on the news that uh, Rook Industries is currently up uh, sponsoring Helix's heroic deeds and actions and is basically publicizing them as uh, one of their paid uh, heroes. Oh my. That is something that's on the news as well. Alright. Uh, well, when you two show up and you see Whisper, he says uh, we we could probably use some extra information and I happen to know a guy. Okay. Uh, he's okay. an information broker. Okay. He he kind of has one of those um, weird British voices, but otherwise he's an okay guy. A weird British voice? What? Yeah, you know, um, well, I can't really do voices anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, uh, and I'm going to take is both them. the oldest and the tallest. So we're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I'm going to go take them to talk to Mr. Kane, All right. one of my villainous contacts, All right. uh, the information broker. Yeah. And I will go ahead and mark obligation so that he will uh, help me out with this information I'm looking for. Um, I think that Mr. Kane, even though he does have like a basement office, it is incredibly professional, oh, like, yeah. waiting room receptionist you know everything's very clean you know walls are painted white to make it a bit brighter from the light and they use those uh, uh natural light bulbs to make the light a lot easier on the eyes uh, and there's probably like two or three people in costumes yeah in the waiting room when we come in <laughs> yeah whisper brings us to this place and once they're sitting down because i checked in she's like very stiff. Yeah. This is weird. And I, I go up to the receptionist and I go, uh, Joanna. Joanna. Hi, Joanna. It's, uh, I'm here to talk to Mr. Kane. And she'll, she'll nod, yes, of course. We'll make a special exception. I appreciate it. And she'll page and she'll say, Mr. Kane, VIP's in the waiting area. Mr. Kane, VIP's in the waiting area. Uh, and, uh, sure enough, you're buzzed in to go into the I, th- I I imagine that Mr. Kane looks a lot like Vincent Price. Yeah. And I, you know what? That's what I mean when I say he has like a weird British voice. Is that he sounds I don't, like Vincent I Price. I don't know what he sounds like. Vincent <sighs> Price? 
he's like a classic. I'm trying to remember. We are uncultured. Be nice to us. Think of Thriller and the guy who, like, does the narrating voice. Ah, I see you've all joined us here for the evening. Oh, David Attenborough? That. David Attenborough is... Ah, yes. Here we see the great... I don't know people. Oh, no, yes. Vincent Price was a um, like horror movie. Yeah, he was well, the voice actor. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, yeah, he was like the. Welcome narrator. to my humble abode, Mister Kane. It's a pleasure to see you. It's a pleasure to see you as well, Whisper. I see you've brought new friends. Sure. Hello. Just kind of wave. We had an interaction with a uh, dimensional guy. He calls himself Elijah Intrepid. Ah, yes, he's been in through Halcyon City several times in the past, and according to some of my other contacts, the future as well. Alright. Do you know anything at Rook that he might be looking for? Well, he is a well-renowned thief and archaeologist. There are all manner of things at Rook he might be after. Although, if I had to guess, he's still trying to break the... Um, what's the term for it? There's a specific... He's trying, I would imagine he'd be looking for something that could break his tether. You see, he's trapped here in Halcyon City. Always has been. Hmm. There are a few times early in his career, before he came here, where he was able to travel however he wished. But, at a certain point, no one knows how or why, at least it hasn't been brought to my attention as of yet, he got stuck. Probably fiddled with something he shouldn't have. Probably this, and I put the amulet on his desk. Oh, well, that is interesting. And he'll pull out a magnifying glass and look through it with the magnifying glass, and then like, "Mm, that doesn't work. And he'll go and grab out what is essentially a microscope, but not quite that. No, 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 what's a better phrase? Uh, A jeweler's Mm -hmm. um, glass glass is what he'll go and, and, and look through it with. That. And he cocks his head. I don't think that would tether him, but it would certainly allow him to escape out into the multitudes again. This this amulet has the ability to break through dimensional barriers. And <laughs> I'm sure I don't need to tell you that there are several that are keeping Halcyon City safe from some of the bigger baddies out there. Awesome. Just, that's awesome. Sounds terrifying. Well, there was a breach. Uh, I believe the Open Maw is currently free and doing God knows what, but that might have damaged the veil between dimensions and allowed him to get here. What is the Maw? Oh, I'm sure your friends know all about it. The weird cat? Yes. Oh, no. Listen, I love cats, but you can't just go around... Petting weird cats. Is that what happened? They let me pet no. It. So what happened? Wait, are you? Are you? This is in character, or out of character. That was in character. Oh, in character. In character and out of character. Okay, I can't so remember. To refresh, Ashley. Um. Oh, actually, fuck it. I'll do this with Mister Kane. You don't remember? No. Oh my god. There's been a lot that's happened. A lot so, of weird stuff. The word that gets to me is that. 
So the way the open mall's curse worked is it couldn't manifest as its true self unless its name was spoken aloud. But a weird fluke happened that caused it to be forced to be in the form of a cat. So by the information I was given by... Was was name Sylvia? Yeah. Yeah. The information that I was given by Sylvia is that one of you... <laughs> played charades with the cat and the cat drew its name in the dirt and you spoke its name aloud. Who did that? You did! Oh. You... <laughs> Oops. Oh no. <laughs> you fucked up. Now, the good news is it hasn't affected anything in Halcyon City yet. But the mere... Its mere presence weakens the, the walls between dimensions, which is what allowed Elijah to get back here, into a point in time that has a working amulet, presumably somewhere within Rook, if that's where he's headed. Oh, great. Our, act our actions have consequences. We, have we do have, have reason to suspect that uh, Elijah might be Elijah Rook's doppelganger. Yeah, they, they look a lot alike. Just it is possible that Elijah Rook is an intrepid variant. Let me, and he'll go through, uh, he's got a He's got a Batman-style computer in here. Uh, and he's like, um, yes, can you run a check for Rook versus Intrepid? And it'll show uh, basically a picture of them and list out all their different attributes. And it'll say, Why, yes, Mr. Kane, I can confirm with 100% accuracy that Mr. Rook is Mr. Intrepid's variant in this version of Halcyon City. And uh, just for a nice meta moment, by Elijah Intrepid's face, there's a number 36. Because that's his card number! <laughs> hey everybody, it's Eli again. I am here to interrupt the action and talk about coffee. Yep, coffee. Uh, if you are like virtually every tabletop gamer in existence, then you probably have a crippling caffeine addiction. Or you just like the taste of coffee. Either way, our sponsor, Found Familiar, is a great source of said coffee. Uh, each blend is named after a different D&D-themed kind of thing. Uh, for instance, their seeming blend is decaf and very flavorful. My personal favorite is Initiative, uh, that has this kind of toffee after flavor to it. You can get it ground or whole bean. You can also get several sample packs, which are about two ounces by weight, makes about three cups of coffee, and each bag has some fantasy-themed artwork on it with the artist credited on each bag, which is very important to us here at We Play RPGs. So head over to foundfamiliar.com and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD for 10% off your entire order. All right, back to the action. And it'll say, uh, Generation Bronze, Drive, to escape from this world at any cost. Abilities, countless gadgets and gigaws from myriad alternate worlds. Teleporting coat. Teleporting coat. That's amazing. Teleporting, teleporting coat. coat. I should talk to the magpie about that. And uh, it does state, uh, Intrepid, interdimensional explorer and thief, only interested in seeing and stealing greater and greater wonders. Trapped in this world, his dimensional signature tethered to Halcyon City. One goal, escape. At any cost. Um, Mr. Kane, you wouldn't happen to know if uh, Magpie or the Armorer has something that might say 
keep him here. And he'll think for a moment. Magpie might have what you need. The armorer could make something, but it would take a while. Right. Awesome. Love talking to Magpie. (laughs) I will warn you, anything they have is quite temporary. Well, I mean, I don't know, I'll talk to them. They might have something that can, I guess, if he's already tethered here, maybe we can lock him here. True. Is that all for the day, then? I always appreciate the help, Mr. Kane. And he'll nod, and I always appreciate the favor. All right. Do you two want to join me to talk to, uh, the Mad Magpie? I guess. <laughs> yeah, we can join you for that. So, As you- she, uh, she collects alien tech. You know, every few years aliens invade the Earth. And, um... As her name would imply, she's not all there. You said you love talking to her. I was being sarcastic. Oh. You, you, oh, okay. You didn't pick up on that? <laughs> no. You picked up on that. No. She's, um... I don't want to say she's not dangerous, because that's not true. Mm-hmm. She is... Stable. Loopy. But stable. But stable. Okay. Just don't touch her stuff. Okay. She will go for the eyes. I like my eyes. And I wink with... Well, you can't see through my goggles. (laughs) As as you all go to say, I wink with my prosthetic eye. Yeah, the prosthetic eye, yeah. Just scaring the new kids. Or like the newer kids. As you all go to leave, um, Kane will um, call out to, to Hemocrit and just say, just to warn you, Miss Travis, Helix is keeping an eye on your young friend, and you, when he can. Oh, I don't like that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, don't thank me. There's always a price to pay. A Vincent Mm -hmm. price. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. I mean, I I figured he had some eyes on me, considering the fact he got my fucking phone number. I think, uh, I think that the magpie lives in the junkyard, mm-hmm. in yeah. what, like, looks like a shack, and when you get inside, kind of is a shack, but is just filled with what is obviously alien tech. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you you get to this shack door in the junkyard, and you're standing outside of it. Y- you know the, um premonitions teacher in no. the harry potter movies yes oh my god that's what i think she looks like yes is, like she looks like a crazy person i was yes. kind of imagining like, her but i for whatever reason i don't know why i was imagining a little bit of you know when Shira, the gadget princess yes i was imagining a little bit of her though too yeah um entrapta yes I well, I think it's because, like, I say the premonition teacher from Harry Potter because she looks like a uh, middle school art teacher, and that's what I imagine the magpie kind of like her whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! All the shiny. I'm things. just, I'm just imagining her with this like incredibly powdered bright skirt, and it's stained with like motor oil and junk. 
and, and somehow the rest of her clothes is just flawless except for the skirt. I, I imagine that the skirt looks like it's made out of patchwork, but it's actually just her having patched the skirt so many times. Delightful. Yeah, yeah you, you open the shack door and you see that nearly every surface of this shack, with the exception of the bed and the table, like one small table, is covered in all kinds of devices and gadgets, the likes of which some things, I mean, are obviously weapons and guns, because there's only so much design iterations that can possibly happen before you find, you know, a sword is always going to be a sword, that type of thing. But it is just covered in all sorts of advanced devices, some of which appear to have, like, rusted and, and like, they appear ancient. Um, and there's also various bits and bobs and circuitry just scattered about the place. You do see hanging on the wall, like right next to your face, is these pair of uh, gauntlets. They look like they're clawed gauntlets and a mask that looks like a bird's mask that you would wear. And uh, you see the Mad Magpie, uh, who is currently wearing a pair of welding goggles, tinking around with some of the circuitry as you walk in. And uh, she appears to be jamming out to uh, some ska music and is not at all paying attention to the fact that you've entered. I'm going to ding the little, like, hotel bell. Oh, yeah. That's just sitting on a little counter next yeah. to the door. And you, you, you ding the bell, and instead of being, like, a, a ding, it's it's like a... Uh, tunk. <laughs> no, it's not like a tunk. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's like a radio static comes yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And she she turns off the, uh, the she has like an antique radio that she goes and turns off, and she goes and takes off the welding goggles, and you can see that there are, there are red lines where the goggles are clearly way too small, like the strap is too small, they're too tight around her face, and she turns and looks at you and says, "Oh, um, whisper, yes, um, who are?" And she points to you two. Sure shot, right? And, okay, um, uh, why? Uh, we've got a dimension hopper tethered to Halcyon City, and Ho hoping that you had something to um, lock him here. You see, the second you say dimension hopper, her face lights up, and uh, she will she will say, "Well, um, yes, I might have something, but um, I want whatever is causing him to teleport." Uh, alright. And I hand her the amulet. And she'll look at this, and, and, and she will grab a, a bunch of... Actually, no, she'll grab what appears to be a regular Swiss army knife. And then as she starts to use it, you realize it is like a 31st century Swiss army knife. <laughs> and she'll pop open the amulet and start examining it. And uh, there's a little green focusing crystal in it she'll take out, and she'll poke around. And uh, she just completely stripped this amulet down into its component pieces in a matter of seconds. And as she's looking at it, she just goes, Fascinating. Yes, yes, very, very fascinating. This is built on the... Oh, wow. And uh, she'll then reassemble it. And as she reassembles it, um, the crystal that was previously dormant now glows again. And uh, she'll say, fascinating piece of technology, but whoever's using it 
clearly doesn't know how to recharge it or maintain it. And uh, she'll throw it back to you. Red. This is temporary. Needs batteries. I want something more low maintenance. Well, if I happen to find something low maintenance, I'll bring it by. Yes. And she goes and uh, she gives you a thumbs up and she wanders off. And uh, she presses what appears to be another piece of junk, but is actually a button on the wall. And the wall can't slide because she's hanging too many things on it. Mm -hmm. So it just moves back and then out. And uh, you can see what appears to be a collection of plastic totes. And she starts digging through one of them. And she will pull out what appears to be, um, for all intents and purposes, a metal disc with uh, claws on it. Kind of like a grappling hook, but one you could put without the, the cord so you can like stick it to someone's shirt or whatever. And um, this, this should work. Press this button, but it has to be on their form. It'll keep them here. Do you have a timetable? Uh, and she'll look at it. Um, assuming no problems, a couple days. If you run into problems, a couple hours. Rad. Well, if I find something, uh, dimension shifting, I'll bring it your way. And the, the whole device, um, when she holds it, appears to be, uh, about as, because we're Americans, we don't know sizes, appears to be about as wide as a soda can. But she presses a button on the side, and it shrinks down to the size of a bottle cap. Hmm. So, she says, uh, it has to be stuck on when it's big, but once it's on, it can go small. Red. It's always a pleasure, Maggie. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Um, thank you for no touching any of my things. Of course. I'd have to kill you. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. And she just she the audience I, can't see it, but she she is smiling this like stupid delirium grin at you, like I I mean I fully imagine she says, I'd have to kill you, and then just complete like that's the end of the conversation yeah, for her yeah, end. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> While she's still smiling at you. And yeah. she goes back to work. That checks uh, out. Step out. You know. I, I look at the ambulance and I go. All right, well, let's hold on to that. Mm -hmm. I just kind of tuck it into my coat. Uh, well, I guess we'd better get headed to Rook. And as you prepare to once again enter Rook Industries with its somewhat repaired public image, <laughs> uh, that's where we will end this episode of Masks and Misfits. Dost thou have any pluggables? Yes. I got a Twitter, Evanly underscore E. First D and the last D are capitalized. I share things I care about. I'm trying to be better about posting art, so go forth, have fun. I occasionally post pictures of my cat, too, so if you want to see a murderous danger muffin, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Who are you? I'm Ashley. They know. <laughs> They've been listening. <laughs> they know I go second. <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under the handle Am Cosplay Clean. Uh, I post about cosplay and animals, and yeah, RPGs. I 
just now remembered that I'm going to introduce at some point a character called the Cosmic Comic. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. But until then, uh, I am Jazz, and you can find me on YouTube occasionally on Aerosil Prime, E-R-A-S-Y-L, space P-R-A-M-E. It's got some Let's Plays in it. There might be more at some point eventually. I don't know. Uh, you can support the podcast by going to weplayrpgs.com. You can support the artist that made our theme song for us, Keely Byrne, K-E-E-L-Y, by going to Spotify, Apple Music, any of that stuff. Uh, I've been Eli Royal. You can find me online, uh, especially on Etsy at Grumpy Badger Dice. And you can also find me in the background of your dreams. I won't be doing anything special. I'm just sort of there. Bye. 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 Bye.